Hey, what is going on? It is top of the dew chain. Sitting here sans Jeff because Jeff's wife wouldn't let him out tonight. He's uh, scared of the flu, apparently. Yeah, she put him in quarantine. Yeah. I mean, understandably, he's got a kid coming on Valentine's Day, supposedly. But, which is probably, that's the thing, man. That baby's probably safer than anybody, flu-wise. Her and her and the baby. So don't your like antibodies and all that like ramp up when you're pregnant? Uh I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. Anyway. Sounds right. I could be I could be just blowing it out of my butt right now. We'll go with it. Speaking of my butt though, like dude, I don't know. I pulled something. But it's just my right glute. There's like a knot that just you know what I mean? Like, like a pulled muscle. It feels like a pulled muscle. Yeah, like lifting or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was squatting or something. But it's just that one spot. It's not like the whole glue. It's just one little 50-cent piece spot that just is bugging me. I have one that I get all the time uh, right beneath my right shoulder blade. Yeah, I wonder what that is. I don't know. It's probably uh, me doing deadlifts wrong. That's where most of my problems come from. On shoulders? Yeah. You know, if you're if you're doing it wrong when you're coming up, like yeah. I have a tendency to kind of roll my shoulders back instead of rolling them back before the lift. You know, I yeah. kind of give into them and then pull up, so I'm I'm bringing in my back and my upper back into it like way more than I should. Yeah, deadlift. I don't deadlift anymore. <clears throat> I'm about done with it. Robert, you know Robert Oberst. He's a strong man. Yeah, He's I know. In, yeah, I know the name. Uh, he said, "If you got no reason to deadlift, you shouldn't be doing it." Which there are people out there who get their panties in a knot when you say it, you know. But I yeah. mean, it is a dangerous lift if you're if you're pulling a ton of weight. Yeah, and it's really not a not a lift that you can just rep out. No, like bench or squat, you can you can rep those out for a lot. When I think it, I find it hard to do like follow up exercises afterwards. Like to me, it's almost like if you're going in there to deadlift and you want to deadlift heavy, that's like it for the day. Yeah, and some people that's how they approach deadlift day. Is that's all they do. Yeah. And then they go home. Um, but, yeah, it's a it's a booger, man, especially if you don't do it right. Yeah, which I'd never have. I don't think the shape of my back allows me to really do, do it right. I've got, like, this natural curvature, so I get that cat back just going down to pick it up. Yeah. Like, it's hard. I have to force my back to be straight. I'm a, I'm a bit of a hunchback. Yeah. Yeah. Old deadlift. I used to love deadlift. But, I mean, and admittedly, even when I was deadlifting a ton of weight, like, I was still just unable to move two days afterwards. Yeah. You know? So, that's kind of kind of the thing. Before we go, though, I do want to give a shout-out to our favorite Taco Casa proprietor, Adam. Sent me a bunch of coupons in the mail and a, a personal note. I meant to bring it, but I forgot it. Yeah. But I his story's unique in the sense that he grew up in a small town. Taco Casa was like the place to be. And as a kid, and, and Taco Casa sponsored his baseball team, from what I understand. So as a kid, it's been his goal, or albeit dream, to own and run a Taco Casa. Which, obviously, nothing wrong with it. It's just not the most 
common aspirations for a kid. You know what I mean? And and uh, I kind of feel like you know businesses where where someone takes pride in what they're doing obviously is a business that probably brings more people in. That's why people go to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Because, like, you know, they Bucky's is the same way down in Texas. Like, I think those, they at least act like they have pride. There's a there's a, there's a girl at the dry cleaner that I go to who, who managed it, and you could tell she just really took a lot of pride in what she was doing and, and just made it more of a a pleasant experience. So I think if you have a Taco Casa where it's been this guy's dream to run it his entire life, I think there's probably something a little more. We actually bypassed the one about two miles from our house to go down there and get the, the Taco Casa stuff on Taco Night. Yeah, we uh, we went there after a birthday party. There's a skating ring just down the road from there. Yeah. So we hit it up on the way back, and uh, it's phenomenal. Love Taco Casa. Yeah, it's good food. It's good food. So anyway, do chain recommendation if you're ever in the Norman area, across from Norman High School. Is that that's? Yeah, it's extremely close to Norman yeah, High School. I think around the Norman High School. Check out that Taco Casa. Tell Adam and the bunch hello from the do chain. And like I said, we we actually I, we may actually skip a couple just to go down to that area for that reason. I mean it's. You obviously want to support somebody that you know and, and is doing well, but I think it's special that there's there's that like this guy's living out his his kid dream. Yeah. By running it, you know, obviously you're going to get service, you know, better service than a guy who kind of just settled for it. Yeah. So. Anyway, thanks, Adam. If you're listening, appreciate the free tacos. Yeah, definitely. But free tacos are the best tacos. Anyway, dude. Let's talk cop stuff, man, because, like, you <laughs> okay. tell us a ton of stories yeah. off the air, and I, I don't, obviously, I don't know, like, what you can and can't talk about. I can speak in generalities. Yeah. No but, names or locations. But how crazy is, like, this area? Like, Oklahoma City, like, a lot of people don't think, look at it as a hub for crime. Yeah. You know, like a St. Louis or Chicago. So, is it a pretty laid back? Or, I mean, does it get pretty dicey? Uh, man, it it depends on the time of year. Normally, uh, this winter was actually pretty busy. Uh, warmer though. Yeah, when it gets warmer, warmer than well, I'm just saying it's it's more it, it's been a warmer winter. Yeah, in comparison. Any time you're up in the 60s and people will get out and walk around, that's normally when your bad stuff happens. You know, just your person-on-person crime. Somebody out walking around getting robbed or people running into gas stations and robbing them and stuff like that. Um, but as far as Oklahoma goes, in the grand scheme of things, and, uh, you know, as far as large cities go, because at one point in time we were the largest city as far as landmass goes. Um, yeah, number six now. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, people incorporate other cities and get larger. Yeah, Jacksonville <laughs> is huge. Yeah. That's number one. We were, I think we were 500 and some change is what we were at one point in time. Yeah, I think it's bigger than that now, though. Yeah. But uh, you have 1,400 cops covering that area. And of those 1,400, probably less than five are on patrol. And at any given time, you have roughly maybe. Wait, what, is, what does that mean? So 1,400 yeah, cops covering. Yeah. 
yeah. 600 square miles. Yeah, well, the, you, and you can't even use that number because if you talk about patrol, your average shift has mm, like 12 to 14. There's right. And there's four working at any given time. So you're looking at like 48 cops on a good night. Probably 48 cops. For 600 square miles? From 2 to 7 in the morning, yeah. Oh, okay. So you're looking at each cop covering about it. <laughs> What, 10 miles? Yeah. Yeah, 10 square miles, which is a lot for one guy to cover. It doesn't sound like it, but in 10 miles, I mean, you can fit a couple hundred thousand people. So That dude always seems to catch me speeding. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, like I said before, I'm not, a, I'm not a ticket writer very much anymore. But the area I'm in now is, is a lot busier than the one I was, like right. up on the northeast side. Um, I feel like there's a lot more trust between us and the citizens down here on this side of town. So they're a lot more likely to call the police for stuff. Right. So we get a lot of that. We get a lot of suspicious activity calls, which is just, hey, I see this guy walking around. He doesn't look normal. So you don't get a lot of that up on the northeast side because people don't want to call the cops. But down here, they're if, if they see a guy in a black back, with a backpack on wearing like a black hoodie, they're going to call in on him. Because you have some nicer neighborhood. Ah, no, some I nicer agree. neighborhoods. That, that's why. So you, you, you get a lot more of those calls. But there's also... Uh, I don't know, man. It's crazier down here. Down in this area with the nicer neighborhoods? I would say not right here. Oh, um, well, yeah, not here. But, but uh, uh, I mean, you used, to, you used to patrol the Martin Luther King. Yeah. Which is, which is always downtown. Like, whatever city you're in, the MLK Boulevard is always yeah, you kind worked, of a dicey. I worked a lot more homicides up there, I'll say that, and a lot more drive-bys. I haven't worked a drive-by since I've been down in the Santa Fe Division. Which is, you know, somebody rolls up, rolls a window down, shoots a house up, drives off. How old? How old are? I mean, how often are drive-bys in? Nightly. In that other area? Yeah, for sure. I I, w- I would be lucky to go a whole set without working one or two. I've worked three on the same house. <laughs> yeah. Who's that? <laughs> like, like that should be one of those things where, like, if your house is drive, you know, driven driven by three mm-hmm. times. There's some there's some cause for self reflection there. Well, it's a turd living in mom's house is what it is. So uh, yeah, he got hit on the last one, hit in the head, but he's fine. Oh yeah, fifty cent. Yeah, yeah. So nightly drive bys. Yeah, like, for sure. Uh, and and are they are they just spraying the roof or are they actually hitting somebody? Uh, I mean, what percentage? They, they, they hit somebody probably five percent of the time. If they're if they're shooting from the street into the house, five percent of the time, uh-huh. you know. Um, but I don't think I've ever worked a homicide because of a drive by. I don't think I ever have. Like it went into the ha- went into right. the house and killed somebody. I don't think I've ever worked one of those. Right. Um, I think I've had maybe two people get hit. That like I said, that one kid got hit in the head, but he was fine. And maybe somebody got like hit. Define fine. Like, is living fine or, like, it grazed yeah. them? Or? No, no, no. It it hit him in the front of the head and, like, implanted itself on top of, like, in the forehead. Like, it hit him in the forehead and rode up his skull. That actually happens a lot uh, with bullets. Really? Your skull's pretty thick. So you'd have to get hit, you know, pretty straight on. And it's round. It's a round surface. So it's a round object hitting a round surface. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to skip naturally. Yeah, keep keep knocking my monitor. I'm going to break it. But, uh... Bullets do weird things, man, when they hit people. Is that my camera? Oh, did I miss your camera? I don't know. Oh, bring it back around. <laughs> Dude, we have been uh, riddled with technical difficulties getting set it's up tonight. It's been a rough one. Yeah. No, so, so, so people, so, so getting shot in the, right between the eyes. 
Uh, more than, that one's normally going to kill you pretty good. Is it? So yeah. okay. So you're talking about grazing. That, that's more of like a blunt, you know, yeah. force hit. Yeah. yeah if, you, you. if you hit somebody straight on, you're going to do some damage. If you hit them on the side, normally you're going to be all right. Huh. Like top of the head. We had a lot of guys in Iraq get hit through the helmet, and it would hit their head and just like skirt around. We we had one guy get hit like straight through the front of the helmet, went like around the entirety of his skull and blew out the backside of his helmet. So the thing still had velocity, but it just it, whenever it grabs onto a surface, it falls it. That's why they teach you whenever you're clearing like a hallway to get off of the wall, because that bullet if it, if it hits the wall is going to skip and hit the wall over and over again and just travel down the wall. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Dude. Nightly drive-bys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is this the same area, like a, like just kind of a, or is it just scattered throughout? Uh, Where the drive-bys were? Yeah. Um, Like, uh, is it just one street? Because I couldn't imagine living on so a there's, street. There's, just... there, there's areas. Like, we have an area called the Highlands, which isn't as active as it used to be, but that used to be really active for gang activity. Right. And then the other area that I had was uh, 36th Street down to 23rd, and then highway to highway. So you had 235 over to I-35. Right. So it's about, I don't know, four square miles maybe in there. Uh-huh. But a lot of drive-bys in that area. Probably, man, since I was there, I was there for eight years. I probably worked 100. 100 drive-bys. Yeah. And that's just me. I mean, there's 12 other guys working. So Yeah. Dude, I can, I don't know, man. I, I, I guess it's hard for me to imagine, like, waking up in the middle of the night because someone shot up the house next door. Yeah. It's, that's unreal. Yeah. Obviously, I know it's real. I know it's a reality for some people that it's probably uh, well, unfortunate. Yeah. It, well, it's just their lifestyle. Like that's it, it. It's almost like a game, honestly. You know, somebody talks trash about somebody, or somebody starts talking to somebody's girlfriend, and that's justification for shooting up their house, which to us seems absolutely ridiculous. But if you've been brought up that way, that's, yeah, no, that's how ridiculous. they go about it. There was that. What was that? Uh, there's some cartel boss down in Mexico or or South America somewhere who killed five Uber drivers because they couldn't find his mom's house and so they canceled the thing. So he went and hunted and had them all hunted down. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Seems like an overreaction to me. A little excessive. You know, one <laughs> one star would have sufficed. <laughs> exactly. Just a bad rating might have. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So. So, I mean when you talk about homicides like what what's driving those because to me it's it's going to take are they are they for lack of a better term crimes of passion like are they some like someone just gets mad and automatically just i mean just accidentally kills somebody or these people who like you know what's funny is we we seldomly get to find out like you you show up and there's a body and you work the scene and you turn over all your stuff. Like, detectives come out and take it from there. Right. So the detectives will be the ones that know the story front to back. And unless you call them and really check in on it, and, you know, occasionally they'll send you an email being like, hey, this is what we ended up getting. We, we got the guy. This is what we got him for. But I I can't think of one homicide where I knew what the cause was. Have you ever have you arrested somebody for homicide? Yeah. Yeah. There was a uh, – it was – man, it's been so long ago. But the guy uh, was supposedly cleaning his 1911 in bed – and shot his wife. Yeah, said it went off while he was cleaning it. And uh, I, I want to say we, you know, we we had to arrest him that night for it, right? And uh, hold him on it. And um, I want to say that detectives ended up getting the whole story out of him, and he ended up being arrested for it. Like he, it was all on purpose. Well, yeah, yeah. Who's cleaning the gun in bed? <clears throat> yeah, 
Yep. That's uh I think that's that might be the only one cuz you, you know normally especially on the east side like it happens people freak out they call their entire families first and then they call the police. So by the time you get there normally they're they're done for. There's not much you can do for them. The family Okay, so the person who was killed they yes. call the families first. Yeah, like if they have somebody there with them, they'll start calling family members before they call the cops. So when you show up, you're like fighting family trying to keep them off the scene from destroying evidence. Yeah, I wonder why that's the case. Dude, they do it, uh, I mean, even on natural deaths, same thing. Yeah, I mean, I could see a natural death type thing. like. Yeah, but before they, they'll call IMSA or anybody else. So you'll show up, there might be 15 people there. Do, they, do they contribute to the death? Or is the person just dead? And no, the person's just just dead. Okay, so yeah. it's not like he's sitting there choking and no, they, no, 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 no. I got no. you. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. Of course, I don't know. I don't know if I found found a family family member murdered who I'd call. Yeah. I'd, I'd hope I call nine one one. Yeah. It's probably what you should do. <laughs> yeah. No. Personally. Definitely. Yeah. That's weird. That's weird. So most most interesting call as a cop, like the most, like the one that sticks out. Man, like, like give me one. Okay, give me one where Junior wants to become a cop, and you want to tell him a story that will convince him to be a cop. Man, versus Junior <laughs> wants to become a cop, and you want to tell him the story that keeps him from being a cop. Yeah. Uh, Man, I don't know. Like, you get you you normally have like three or four like just crazy calls a year, and at some point, once you've been on for so long, they all just kind of meld together, and things don't seem crazy anymore. If that makes sense. Yeah, I uh, mean, you I know, think... one one of the ones that it just so happened to be while I was actually training in FTO is one I I keep. Yeah, I, I had to go and testify on it a few years back. Like it, it was an ongoing thing forever, but uh, these two guys were carjacking people forcing them to go to the ATM, uh-huh. pull out all their money that they could, pocket it, and then they'd make them drive to the next apartment complex until they could find their next target. Then they'd get that person out and say, just run that way or else we'll shoot you. They'd go hop in that person's car, force them to, and they did this four times. Like I did two of the first reports and uh, I was just kind of looking on the map where all the calls were coming out and it was like a perfect 45 degree angle. And, you know, subconsciously humans follow patterns, right. supposedly. And so, like, I'm trying to be, like, this cool detective guy in my head. I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, obviously they're moving across the city at a 45-degree angle, which is not, it's probably not true at all. It's just coincidence. So I finished up my report, and I went driving down to an area about a mile southeast of where the last one had occurred, and there was already a cop working the, uh, the thing there. And we'd already put out that, hey, this is going to be the same guys doing this over and over again. Well, it was a super foggy night, like one of those nights where you can't see five feet in right. front of your car. And I see a Tinker Federal Credit Union uh, sign, like, glowing through the fog. And on my first report, the guy said, he's like, oh, yeah, I was a TFCU member and all this stuff. And they took my TFCU card. And I was like, oh, well, maybe. It's just stupid. <laughs> Again, it makes no sense. You can use a debit card anywhere. But I'm like, oh, I should probably go check that out. Because he said they, they had a TFCU card. So I pull in. And I kid you not, man, there's a car in the ATM stall. And there's a dude in a hoodie hanging out the back, just swiping a card as fast as it can go. And receipts are like blowing all over the place. And I pull in behind him and the chase is on and we go around a neighborhood. So you did catch him. Yeah. Yeah. I caught him. So it was, yeah, we caught two of them as Nico price and whoever his little accomplice was, but, uh, <laughs> his name. Well, he's in jail for the rest of his life. He, he caught a murder charge while he was still, you know, 
do, like taking care of the armed robbery deal. Oh, yeah. So yeah, he's he'll Come never on. see the light of day. Come on, Nico. Yeah, but I remember it was probably three years after that that whole thing took place that the trial finally came about. Maybe two and a half years, and uh, they called me in, and I'm talking to the uh, the attorney, and I've never testified before. This is uh, going to be my first time testifying. I've been on the department for three, four years at this point. And so I'm kind of nervous about it. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to have you present all this evidence. And I'm like, what? I'm like, just ask me yes or no questions, dude. I don't want to do any of that. He's like, no, no, no. You're the one that found the hoodie. And I'm like, yeah, I found the hoodie. Cause they, you know, they ran, we yeah. chased him. We ended up catching him on perimeter, but we found like a bloody hoodie. Cause he had jumped over a fence and cut, cut himself and a bunch of other stuff. And, uh, anyway, they ended up pleading out before I ever had to go and do it. How many so, times do you have to like, testify? Uh, less than 10. So it's not I, I might have been on the stand maybe three times. Because I know, I know some of the stories I've heard, either by you or, or your sister tell me. Like, there's that one dude you had to peel off the recliner because he decomposed into it or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, No, so those are... That's, the, that, that's, a, that's a... Yeah, those are the, the gross ones. Tell Junior. Yeah. You know, not to join. Yeah, decomps are always gross. Yeah, um, and then there's that naked dude that you had to you had to wrestle. You, well, I've done that multiple times. That's, I think that yeah. would be another kind of Pe- people who get high on PCP will immediately take their clothes off and start breaking glass. If you see that that on the notes on the call, it's always going to be it's called water on the streets or wet. So they're always going to be watered up. PCP. Yeah. Why Why do they do that? What does that? What What do you like? Mean? What's the purpose of PCP? Uh, to get you like crazy high, yeah. I mean, uh, do they? But is it different than weed or cocaine or something like that? Yeah, I want to say it's probably more of a hallucinogenic. Because I I don't know what draws them to glass. Like I don't know if it's I don't I don't know really what, yeah. But they they and it takes them up and down like in cycles. They'll get way up and violent, and then they'll come down and they'll just look straight through you. Like it's like they're somewhere else, and then they'll go right oh, back wow. up and. It, uh, you know, they dip cigarettes in it is what they do. They dip cigarettes in it and they smoke it. It comes in like a little brown vial. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you'll just, you soak your cigarette in it and you smoke it. And it seems like some people, <laughs> some people do fine on it and then some people just freak out. And so you crazy. get naked and start breaking glass. Wait, what, on I a mean, bad trip. Yeah. That's, that's bad PCP. Yeah. Do you ever, do you ever, you ever encounter someone who is on a good trip with PCP? Uh, No. Well, usually because people aren't going to call in on that guy. <laughs> no, we had one guy. He was probably like six eight, probably four hundred fifty pounds. He was ripping. Naked? No, no, no. His pants were around his ankles, but he wasn't naked. But he was ripping the door off of a Kia. Like, like all his pants were around his ankles. Yeah. Like no, 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 no. He had boxers on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I'm going to say if he's exposed, he's naked. No, I he don't g- care where his pants. A are. guy that big gets tased immediately. The second he starts walking towards you, you tase him. You're not going to fight that guy. He's he'll whoop you. Was he a healthy 450 or was he like, yeah, like, yeah. so he was just a big, not dude. like ripped up, but you could tell no, he, could, he, could, he could lift for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, it wasn't sloppy 450. No, he no. carried it well. Yeah. That would, he was celebrating getting out of prison <laughs> <laughs> on PCP. Yeah. He immediately got out of prison, went and smoked PCP with his girlfriend intentionally. Or yeah. Did she spike his. Seat? No, 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 no. Cause I wonder how many people spikes, uh, like you bum a cigarette off somebody and then they. No, I I don't I doubt many. I would assume it's it's not super cheap. Oh. I'm not I'm not quite uh, sure what a hit of PCP goes for. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, might be something to look at. Yeah. 
what's the street rate for PCP? I'm going to get like. Yeah, a little red pin just got dropped on this address. <laughs> oh, here we go. The legal, the average cost of illegal street drugs. I'd say marijuana, fifteen per gram. I was gonna say yeah, ten to ten to twenty-five probably. Yeah, heroin, fifteen to twenty for a single dose. Meth, eighty a gram. Yeah, yeah, meth is expensive. Wow. So all those toothless people. Well, it used to be cheap, but you know we we had we hit all the Sudafed in the in the pharmacy and. Oh. Uh, yeah, and we got really good about busting up meth labs. So now it's all Mexican meth, so it has to be imported. Cocaine is a hundred, hundred and twenty. Yeah. Hallucinogens, ecstasy, fifteen twenty-five, PCP, twenty to thirty bucks a gram. Yeah. Now people aren't buying grams though. Sometimes. I mean, if what, I mean, what's a gram? A gram of. Is that too much or too little? Are they buying more or less? Probably less, I would guess. Still. Because, because uh, I think they. I think they actually bumped it up, but I think it used to be like 25 grams of meth was trafficking weight, which is about, you know, a Ziploc baggie maybe. Yeah. Acid. Well, this this is, okay, so they're saying a gram because that's what it, that's what they're using. Yeah. So that's, that's the, like, that's a, that's a serving. Yeah. A serving PCP is $20, $30. Yeah. LSD is five to 20 per hit. Like a little stamp, like the blotters. Yeah, acid, hallucinogenic, PCP, like ketamine. I've only found acid one time. Oh, really? Yeah, at a uh, concert, Skrillex. <laughs> at a Skrillex, Skrillex concert. concert, yeah. This dude. You got, only found one? No, 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 no. He well, he had to. So you know, they come in. You have like your individual blotters, which is a hit, and then you yeah. have like a. I think it's like sheets, books, yeah. and Bibles. Yeah. Uh, and he, I knew that actually. And he had a couple sheets. And what happened is he had him he had him wrapped up in foil and it rained and it got wet in his wallet and I think it just took two or three hours for it to like topically seep through his skin and then it just destroyed him. Whoa. Yeah. He was not violent though. He was uh very catatonic. All right, PCP is like ketamine. Yeah. An anal uh, analgesic with hallucinogenic qualities that can also be found in powder filled for liquid form. And the, the user can experience effects for 6 to 48 hours. Yeah. It's bad. Tripping for 48 hours. Yeah, smoking it, I, I want to say it's normally an hour or two that it really hits them hard. Wow. Yep. Shrooms, $20, 4 to 6 hours. Never dealt with shrooms. That's weird. Well, Col- so a Colorado lot of, just legalized it, so yeah, I figured that of, would be... A lot, of, a lot of drugs like that, like the... Right. Uh, Hipster, I'd say shrooms is more of a hipster drug. Yeah, uh, designer drugs is what we call them, uh, like powdered cocaine and stuff like that. You don't, you see crack cocaine on the streets. You don't see a lot of powdered cocaine. You'd see that stuff at like a party in somebody's house. So people are staying home and doing those versus other people will smoke PCP while they're driving down the road. Really? Yeah. We so Why? I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you this story. We had a lady um, stalled out on the on ramp going up onto the highway, and I show up. And it's an older lady being super polite. And she's, uh, you know, I'm telling him, telling her to put it in neutral and I'll help her back it down the hill so we can get her car out of the way. Or put it in neutral, I'll push her up the hill with my push bars. And she's like, well, I can't get it into neutral. And like something that's blocking her gear gear knob. So like huh. I, I put my light on it and I was like, I think you got something blocking it. And it's that little brown vial, like a PCP, which I'm totally familiar with. I'm like, 
that's really weird. So I go ahead and have her step out. And she had a vanilla bottle full of PCP. Like, it's a lot of PCP. Is she dealing? Um, probably, yeah. She had other... How old was she? Uh, late 40s, early 50s. Oh. Yeah. I thought you were talking 70. But dressed like a grandma, not dressed like, you know, somebody you'd yeah. think would be dealing. Like a velour tracksuit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was blocking her, her little gear shifter from going forward and backwards because she had little Was she in inebriated? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not not like... Um, not tripping. She was her. down. She wasn't up on it. So mm-hmm. she's kind of like not answering questions well, but... Right. You, you don't smell alcohol. You smell like a chemical. It's like a really, really strong chemical smell. Oh, was it pretty, pretty obvious? Oh, yeah. Uh, like it's somewhere between like gasoline and nail polish remover. Yeah, like it's strong. Especially if they've just freshly smoked it. It's really strong. And it's on their breath, too. Oh, it's, uh, so what's the what's the worst? Like if someone, I mean, is PCP probably the, the worst? Like, hey, we got a guy breaking glass naked out here. You're like, ah. Uh. PCP is the worst because uh, half the time you're going to have to fight them to get them into custody. And they're going to be like superhuman strong. They don't feel anything. Because, it, it, like you said, it's an analgesic. Right. So they don't feel pain. Um, there's been pe- stories where people have been shot and like been shot in ways that they should have been incapacitated and they're still up and running like with like a shattered kneecap they're trying to run you know just craziness uh, the best why well, I say the best the worst fight I ever had was with a guy that was like 140 pounds and I got on top of him like I, I'm straddling like his stomach like uh-huh. I, I'm trying to smother him and just hold him until somebody else gets there and uh, the dude like I'm controlling his elbows, you know, like right here, like you should just kind of out to right. the side, just putting my, all my weight on him. And the dude starts picking me up by doing like a sit up and moving his elbows forward. And I mean, he's 140 pounds. <laughs> he's not a big dude. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Can you put these dudes in sleepers? Like if you, if you were to get it, could you just choke them out till they fell asleep, till they passed out? Yeah. Choking uh, on our department is considered a lethal use of force. So, so if you choke them, but I mean, is it justified? If the guy, is it justified? If the guy's or? going for my gun or going for something, yeah, I can do whatever I want. Um, if not, like in this in this instance, I knew what I was dealing with. I knew this dude wasn't trying to kill me. He's more trying to get away. Right. You know? So in that instance, no, I can't choke him out. Like I'm just saying just like till they pass out and then you cuff them and by the time they come to. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing with choking people out is sometimes they don't wake up. Like you yeah. never know. Once you cut right, off circulation right. to the brain, sometimes that kills some people. Ever, sometimes it knocks. Do you ever people play out. that game where you like bent over like for thirty seconds and came up, and people put the pressure on your neck and yeah, my and uh, my my buddy uh, Bobby did that to me at a lock-in one time and didn't catch me. I bounced yeah. my head off the ground hard. Yeah, same here. Yeah. I had a dresser, uh, <laughs> but we also were doing it with some buddies, and we would slap the spit out of them. Like they would pass out and slide down the wall, yeah. and then. <laughs> and it was just a Congo line of dudes just running, just smacking these dudes across the <laughs> face until they woke up. Well, you're like, wake up, my face hurts. What happened? Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, and then that's the thing is like, I mean, and you know, the funny thing is, is there probably be like eight or 10 of us doing this. And yeah. it really took probably, it took about eight to 10 people before finally one guy was like, yeah, I'm not doing this again. Cause yeah. he, like we were doing it in turns. And so, like, yeah, me too, and then you pass out, and then all of a sudden you wake up, and, like, dudes are just running a slap train <laughs> on you as you go. And then finally someone's like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore, and and quit. But, I mean, it took a good – I mean, it it took almost everybody going through. It was it was funny. Yeah. 
No, I, I busted my head pretty good at that lock-in doing it. Um, we had this one guy named O'Mahony who was in our uh, platoon <laughs> at Fort Campbell, and they were partying one night, and I just walked across the hall, and uh, they're choking each other out. That's what they're doing because we had just got done with combatives training, I and mean, that's right. all you do in the Army is just choke people out. The rear naked joke is like what you're trying to get. And uh, so this O'Mahony guy goes, and this dude – they're just doing it in a chair. Guy gets behind you, chokes you out. Yeah. And then they do the sternum rub to wake you up. And uh, this guy named Palmer chokes him out. If I can't remember, it might have been two different videos or it might have been the same one. But he goes out and then some dude just runs up and just double leg kicks him in the chest out of the chair. <laughs> and the dude pees everywhere. Just starts letting it loose unconsciously, just wets all over the floor. It was bad. But he's like, he's one of those little goofy dudes that was just always like on board for whatever would make him a little bit cooler. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. So you can't choke a dude out on PCP. Is I mean, is that a difficult? Fight? If you're, if you're, the, the whole thing is if you can articulate or if you legitimately feel like you are uh, being severely threatened and lethal force would be authorized, then yes, you can. Like 6'8, 450. Like if the dude is grabbing for your gun. Or the dude's throwing punches, not trying to get away, and he's six eight four fifty, and you know this dude's going to throttle you. I don't know. I think you can articulate that yeah, you know no, you're not going to win that. that fight, and he's trying to do great bodily harm or injury to you. So okay, so so the thing is, is dude, you were pinning down and all that. Was he fighting back, or was he just trying to get away? He was fighting back a little bit, but I mean, he, he he's still one forty. PCP's not going to make him hit harder. It's just going to make him fight harder. Right. So he's not going to do anything. Well, that's, to me. yeah, that's the thing. I had, a, I had a roommate in college where no one messed like he's small I mean if it came down to like winning a fight he probably wouldn't win too many yeah but his brother made the point like don't get him angry to the point of fighting because he won't stop yeah like I remember one dude got yeah, got mad or got him mad and he left the guy left and he came back like 30 minutes later and which is just ready to fight again well that's the thing no that that the guy who made my buddy mad had left oh. so my buddy was still in the room and he heard what's his name coming and he you know those lamps those floor lamps with like the very heavy base <laughs> yeah he picked it up he was going to hit him with the bottom of that lamp when he walked in the wow. door like we had to you know like, kind of calm down dude <laughs> calm him down but like one time he got mad and and uh because his, his brother was uh, waxing in horseshoes and was just just my his brother was hilarious, but he talked a lot of trash and all that. And he said he made him mad, and uh, they're walking in a family reunion, and he pulled the spike from the horseshoe out and threw it at him, and beamed him in the back of the head. Like he's just willing wow. to go that extra mile to like. So I mean, it's one of those things where Jimmy Brugelman beat the crap out of a guy in college because he wouldn't stop fighting. Brugham is like, like I would like almost crying because he was just had kept having to hit this dude over and over and over again because the dude just kept getting up and coming <laughs> after him. And Brugham was huge. He was just yeah. one of those like stocky like like people just didn't mess with Brugham because he could fight. Yeah. And this dude just kept coming. Yeah. I mean, he's like and he's worried he's gonna beat an aneurysm into his head or something, you know, and because he just wouldn't stop. Yeah. That's when you have to start breaking stuff. You have to in- incapacitate him. I've he, never. Not, yeah, I, I've never done that. But. You ever tase anyone? No. I had a taser. Can you tase someone? I don't have a taser now. 
whenever I was blind, I wasn't able to recertify on it. So I'd turn it back in and then, oh. they, and then they issued them all out. We have a ton of new people, so they give all the tasers out. And as they get more then you, they'll have a school or a class where you go and you can get one back. So I'll probably get one back eventually, but you uh, get taste. Yeah. It's terrible. How bad is it? It's bad. Is it? Yeah. I had a buddy offer me $200 to get stung by a stun gun. Oh yeah, for sure. I did it for 200 bucks. Would you? Yeah. I would do it for 50. 200 bucks is about the right amount. But you have to do a full ride, which is five seconds. Well, he had a stun gun, like one of those. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Well, those are just like instantaneous. I mean, you'll kind of snap away from that. My 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 concern was falling awkwardly. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's neuromuscular incapacitation, is what it is. So that muscle group is going to shut down wherever they hit you. Yeah. And it's going to take it a second to reset. You know, your brain has to tell it to come back on. Yeah, then that, that'd be my concern. Is he hit me in the leg and I'd fall, and then I'd hit my head or something like that. Yeah. No, I I jerked so hard whenever they did it to me that I felt like I almost re-dislocated my left knee. The one that was, you know, I dislocated playing oh, really? softball. Yeah, it hurt for probably three weeks after I did it because it just straightened my leg out so fast and so hard. Did you Chewbacca it? I screamed like a girl. Did you? Yeah. I was like, stop, 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 stop. It, it was bad. Like, uh, I was uh, I was a big wiener about it. Do it they videotape all that? No. I mean, you can ask people to videotape you. I mean, it's not preferred, and you probably shouldn't post it up on the internet or anything, unless it's for training purposes. But, yeah. no, they uh, – That is one of my favorite YouTube videos, though, just people getting tased. Yeah. Like, might be my favorite. Yeah. Pick me up. Yeah. For sure. We've had some pretty good taser videos come around the department. So what's, from a cop's perspective, what's the difference between tasting someone and shooting somebody? The difference between... Like, I know I know that the outcome's yeah. different. What makes you pull the taser instead of the gun? Or vice versa? Um, so a lot of that depends. Man, that's a big question. I know, uh, I so, know it's a lot of situational stuff. Yeah, so if you show up and a guy's got a knife... You, the my line of thought and the line of the thought of the department most of the time is you want to be one step ahead of them. So if they have, you know, a knife, you want to have a gun. If they have a gun, you want to have a rifle. You know, if they right. have a rifle, you want to have a SWAT team. Right. And, and so forth. I got you. So <clears throat> if you show up and a guy has a knife and you're by yourself, you're definitely going to your gun. And you're talking, you're trying to talk him out of doing anything stupid. If he comes at you, you're justified. Um if you show up there and you have like three people and it's a guy with a knife who's being more standoffish than aggressive coming towards you with three people. Yeah. With, with three people, you want to have at least one other one for lethal cover. Right. Um, you know, so if your taser misses, which they do all the time and outside in Oklahoma, sometimes you're fighting a 20 mile an hour wind where you're shooting a cartridge that probably weighs less than an ounce into the wind and it's dragging a big line behind it. So it just catches air and just like off into the distance. Nice. So they're they're accurate. I want to say they say out to like twenty five feet, but and more than likely, you're lucky if you're hitting something outside of ten. So okay. you're having to put yourself within ten feet of a guy wielding a knife. So you got to have a gun, a rifle, something there yeah. to protect them. Now, if it's a guy on PCP and you're by yourself, you know, go for it. Um, if it's just like hands, that would be the next step above like somebody wanting to fight you. So you could end it with a taser, OC spray, you know, a baton if necessary. Did they tase the six eight four hundred fifty pound guy? Yeah, immediately. One 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 tase. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because you see some of those videos, dudes just yanking them out. No, this like guy just Frankensteining at you, yanking, I, I, pulling out. Because that would probably be the worst is pulling out that barb. You know, I honestly don't think I've seen a taser not work yet. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Everybody that I've seen hit with a taser has immediately gone down. Do you laugh? After, like, 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 seriously. After, like, the, after the fact. I know, I know, like, the situation's hostile, dude. But is there, yeah. is, has anyone just been like, a, you know, because don't tase me, bro, dude, would have me roll. Uh, yeah, we know. Right there. Norm, normally, I mean, it's just, it, in the, that instance, you're not really laughing. You're just thinking about getting him into custody, right. doing your cop thing. And then afterwards, you know, when you're reviewing your body cam footage, you might snicker a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> anyone, anyone ever been tased and then like, had that conversation in the in the car, like the guy you tased. Yeah. What, like, uh, like, bro? Yeah. Well, I've had them be like, "Man, that hurt. That hurt." You know, <laughs> or like they've been OC sprayed. They're like, "Man, that sucks. Oh, it's terrible." I'm like, "Yeah, I know, dude. We had to do it in the academy." Yeah. You, know? you ever you ever you ever have a fight with somebody and then as you're taking a man like buddy up? Yeah. You know, I I don't know. I've I've always been pretty good about reading people. And yeah. being able to talk and talk to them, like right. catching on to things that you know might be relatable, and just kind of focusing in on that. I'm not saying I'm like a, the negotiator or anything, but no. But I mean, you can kind of. So, do these people? You are kind of a weirdo whisperer, though. Yeah, we've made that. We've made my wife and I've talked about that. Just people at church and all that who kind of drawn to you. Yeah, church and, and in public, like yeah, Corey's a weird weirdo whisperer. So that makes sense. Yeah, I think, and I think part of that's just been like I've my life has just been a hodgepodge of hanging out with very different, unique groups of people. Right. Cause I mean, you know, I didn't hang out with normal people whenever I was in high school. It's like the AP class kids or the, you know, Asian wannabe race car drivers. Like those are the two groups I hung out with. And then yeah. after that I went into the army. Well, the army is a hodgepodge yeah. of weird people. Yeah. That's so it's like, one. you know, we had a guy from Canada. We had, you know, the alcoholic, the crazy dude, the guy who's into anime, like just a little bit of everything. Right. And nobody's, you know, not, I mean, everybody's unique, but these people are definitely like super unique. Uh, and then it's, you know, I get out of that and then I go back to college, but I'm 22. So I kind of get to see college from a different perspective for a couple yeah. of years. Well, I live next door to a guy who, who went to school for, or he joined the military for six years. So he was 24 years old. Yeah. And a freshman living next door to me. And yeah. I'm 18. Yeah. And uh, dude was super cool, but he, he went in the military to have his college paid for. So everything was paid for and, and he wanted the college experience. And so, I mean, dude, I was 18 years old, man. I'd, I'd be talking to him about some stuff. I'm like, dude, there's no way you should be living next door to me, man. Yeah. Like, no. And I mean, in some very unique experiences. So right. when a guy like on the street wants to tell me about how hard something is, I'm like, Oh really? Have you ever been to Iraq? That's pretty hard. Yeah. You know, no, yeah I, the streets are crazy here. People well, are getting shot up, but you don't have to worry about bombs all over the place. You know, it's kind of like, it's not yeah, one ups, no one upmanship, but it's kind of like I I get it. Yeah, because you know? we would talk about you know because it'd be just tests and all that, and he's like, yeah. dude, it was dude. I went because this was this was ninety nine, so I don't know what if there's any war, but he I mean he was stationed overseas and all that, and he's like, dude, I I had to yeah. poop with you know I had to poop on platform. That's the biggest thing. All these military people tell me you know because I work with a bunch of them pooping on platforms, like looking dudes dead in the yeah. eye while you're pooping. And he's just, and he's just like, he goes, dude. A test is nothing. Yeah, a lot of horrible things that most people won't experience in their entire lives were experienced, you know, between the ages of eighteen to twenty-two for most. You yeah, know, and but it becomes custom. Yeah, like it just becomes like. Yeah, and you don't want to lean on that like too heavily, but it's an experience that's never going to go away. Like you're always going to remember it. So if you're ever in a hard situation, be like, okay. This stinks, but it's not nearly as hard right. as this thing. No, it, it, it's definitely. Yeah. I mean, I went back and got my master's 
after I started working and I'm just like, it was completely different. Yeah. You know, all the stresses I had when I, I wish I knew what I knew at 25 to 30 when I was 16 to 18, cause life would have been a lot easier. I wouldn't have stressed near as much as I did when I was that age. Yeah. Especially, but I, I'll tell you this, I definitely went to special school if I went to like Iraq or, or you know, the Middle East or South Korea or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like I put very of little, and of course I was going to community college. I was trying to keep it cheap because we were dirt poor at the time. But there was nothing challenging about the two years of college that I went to. I put probably, I spent probably two hours studying, honestly. And I think I had a 3.85. Yeah. So I still lack one class to get my associates. I've been considering going back for it because it's like an extra 75 bucks a paycheck. Or a month, it adds up over time. Yeah, just what do you need? Health Did science. You, you need a health science. Yeah, which for some reason my sixteen hours of basic, you know, emergency medical technician yeah. doesn't count somehow. Dude, I would just take a summer school course at O Triple C. Yeah, I kind of want to go in there and just be the old guy though. Be kinda, I did that. It'd be fun. I thought I was going to go back to school and I needed calculus again, so I went and took a calculus class at O Triple C, and uh, I'm just sitting there with a bunch of. I figure I could play the part of like a Joel McHale community type thing. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You, you what you're gonna find <laughs> I, in all all reality, especially if you're going to night night class, which is what and when I prefer to do my schools at night. But uh, at night class, you'll probably you'd be surprised. It's like, mostly adults. Well, there was actually a lot of adults in the daytime they're gonna too. Be, yeah, there are gonna be a lot of old. Uh, when I say old, like forty, fifty, yeah, and then twenties, yeah. Like there aren't a lot of a lot of thirties in there, you know, but anyway, but the thing is, is like I was, cause the dude had a great team, went in and the dude could barely speak English. Yeah. Uh, Asian guy, super smart. And I'm like, dude, there's no way I'm passing this class. I can't understand what this guy's saying. And then ended up, he ended up being one of the best math teachers I've ever had. Uh, but anyway, I was, I was the curve buster. Like, you know, he would always grade on a curve, but I was always hitting, hundreds and the bonuses and these kids are like you know one kid had an 82 yeah and he's just like hey you know what's the curve he goes no curve <laughs> somebody aced it he's like who who keeps acing these tests <laughs> so it was cool but it, but that's the thing man it's just i had better study habits and it yeah. was just a different different world i mean i was obviously a little more distracted when i was 18 19 20 years old yeah well and that's one thing like in the army you can't procrastinate so it's kind of like yeah. if, they, if something was put out like half the time i would just I'd be done with it before lunch and just be that way. I don't have anything going into the evening. I could just have the evening to myself. So yeah. I don't know. Col college was easy. I mean, I didn't make it into probably your third and fourth years, which would be significantly harder, but well, but and it's, it's organization. Yeah. Cause like I said, if you, if you have deadlines at work and you, and you're doing all that, then coming home and doing 45 minutes of math homework is nothing. Yeah. Whereas when you're 18, 45 minutes of math homework means like your boys are usually playing video games or, <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You might miss something. And yeah. so anyway, yeah, it's different. So did you take the 450 pound? Dude, I'm stuck on this six, eight, four fifty. Yeah. Did you take him in? Uh, I don't, I can't remember. If well, that you, was so you were there when he got no, tased. Uh, that was my partner's area. Like I have the South side of the road on 36 and he has the North side and well, the seven elevens on the North side. And I was like, no, you, buddy. Did you see the guy taste? Yeah. There was, like, our entire, we had, I think it was right after lineup because we were all there. So we got out, and I was like, hey. What did he do? 
Like, why are y'all there? Somebody called in because he was freaking out. It was his girlfriend, I think, that got him high. That, oh, he that was called PCP. In on it right. was her Kia, and he's sitting there just ripping the door off. Like, he's like, you know, the bonus level in Street Fighter tearing this car apart, <laughs> like, in ways that a human shouldn't be able to. And so we show up, and we see him, and, like, the car door's, like, bent at a 45. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> so, the like, the dude sees us, and his pants are, like, down to his knees. And uh, I'm like, yeah, we're not going to fight this guy. And my buddy Barry was like, all right, I'll take the taser. I was like, I got lethal cover. I was like, Mally, you got OC spray. And I can't remember who else was there. This I was like, you got the baton. So it's almost like that, <laughs> that scene from tombstone where they're walking down the center of the street, you know, he's whipping the baton out. And we're like, I, I fully expect us to get throttled by this guy. And so, uh, he starts walking towards us and then he bows up all big. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be epic. You know, this is going to be the big one. And like the dude starts walking and then his pants just fall down to his ankles. <laughs> and I kind of laugh a little bit and I'm like, all right, maybe not. Cause I thought he was going to trip. And my, uh, my buddy just goes, because ah, you're supposed to announce, you know, taser, like you're going to fire it. So you're like, taser, taser, taser. And then you fire it. And he goes, ah, taser, taser, taser. And just like says it all calmly and just pops the dude. And he just seesaws out perfectly. And uh, that was the end of that. Was he cool? Yeah. Dude, after he got tased, he's like, oh, he's like, you guys are doing a great job. He's like, I love you guys. <laughs> and, which is which is weird because we had a guy, uh, a dude, he got, his street name is Quack huge dude he's probably six three six four but he's ripped like prison right. jacked and uh he ran his truck up into a up into a, a bedroom of somebody's house like through their front porch into their, their living room and right it took off well they knew who he was they know him personally and they're like oh yeah you know quack he, he did too much man quack quack's done too much he's out there <laughs> running around naked i saw him take all his clothes off so we're looking around like where is this big naked dude <laughs> And so we start, I'm working the accident, and all of a sudden I hear, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I'm like, what? Like, what is going on? And, dude, this naked black guy just comes out. <laughs> dude, just it's all in the wind, and he's huge, just ripped out of his mind. I'm like, I'm not touching that, dude. <laughs> and you just see this little laser beam come up his chest and just, pew, and then he goes straight down. Who tased him? Uh, one of one of the he's actually one of the veteran officers for like twenty six years on. Oh, so you weren't the only one there then? No, no, no. There was a bunch of us there because it was uh, that one was pretty close to the end of shift, so we were all heading in. So everybody was right there, right? And uh, it was going to be like an act. It was a big accident because I mean he ran into somebody's house, so everybody showed up on it pretty quick. But yeah, tased him perfectly too from a pretty good distance. That one was probably about fifteen feet, and the guy was running full speed. Quack quack. And and what's funny is he he did the same thing. He's licking the pavement though, and he's like, ah. he's like, I love you guys, I love you guys. You're doing good. I love you guys. Was that PCP too? Yeah, both both of those are PCP. And uh, the guy whose house that he ran into that knows him, he goes, "Dang it, Quack! You did too much. You did too much, Quack! You kidding me? You did too much." <laughs> it is so funny. Oh, Quack! Yeah, Quack. And what was the other guy's name? Oh, so okay, so the big two fifty guy. For the 450 guy? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember his name. They, I know that we had to deal with him like three or four weeks in a row, similar deals. So does the PCP make them friendly like that after they like come down or whatever? Or is it, or are they just, these just it, generally it, nice dudes? No, who, no, they're just all over the place. Like I, it just makes you weird. I don't think yeah. anything's really communicating with anything up here. So you ever run into these guys like normal? Like, like, no. Like you walk into 7-Eleven to grab a, 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 a an energy drink or something like that, and the dude's like, No, me. You know what's funny is I've only, and it wasn't a guy that I arrested, but I've only been present when somebody got recognized in public by somebody they arrested. And we were uh, working at main event, Uh huh. and this kid walks in, and uh, it was my partner that I was there with working that night, working security. And uh, he comes up, and he goes, he goes, hey, you know, officer so-and-so, how's it going? And I thought, like, maybe I was like, 
maybe knows this kid from school or something because right. he's probably two or three years younger than us. And uh, he goes, oh, hey, man. He's like, you doing good? And he's like, yeah, I'm doing good now. And then he just walks off. And then he turns around and tells me how he had uh, – I think he ran from a stolen vehicle. My buddy ran him down and caught him. And Oh. Yeah. And it was like – but it was like two months prior to that little instant or that little incident at uh, main event. But didn't give any – no problems. Just kind of, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? That's got to be an awkward – Well, it's – man, honestly – Not for the arrestee. Not necessarily a cop, but the guy who got arrested. Like, Yeah. I mean, of course, past is the past, water under the bridge type yeah. thing. Yeah. But, I mean, you hear stories of like – people that have straightened their lives out thanking the cops that arrested them yeah i mean they're few and far between most of them hate us but yeah it is what it is you know and sometimes it's just kind of like a mutual there's a mutual respect thing like yeah i'm the bad guy you caught me (laughs) yeah which is kind of those are the ones that are weird to deal with you know because it's kind of like dude if you if you're capable of being cool with this whole situation like just don't do it yeah no that's true some people that I think uh, they just kind of see that as the only lifestyle they can ever uh, live within. You get a lot of sob stories. <laughs> yeah, you get a lot of uh, mostly like, like with DUIs and stuff. DUIs, yeah. they're always sad, you know, because they're like, oh, you know, they'll be like, oh, my mom died, and be like, oh man, sorry to hear that. When did it happen? When I was six. And I'm like, <sighs> like okay, man. Or veterans are the worst, the worst. I can say that as a veteran. Yeah. They're the worst human beings on earth when they're drunk. Like, uh, there was one the other night talking trash and, uh, he, he's like, I respect authority. He's like, but I'm a veteran. I was in the air force and I was, I just look at him. I go, dude, nobody cares. I was like, nobody cares. And the he, air force. Yeah. And he's like, what? And, uh, one of the other guys was just like, man, don't, don't start. Don't start. And I was like, listen, man, I've been there, done that. I don't care either. I don't care if anybody cares whether or not I did anything. I don't care whether or not you did anything. I was like, but he's in the air force. So I know he didn't do anything. Yeah. Do you tell? Do they know that going into the? I mean, when he says I'm in the Air Force, is he trying to play that veteran card? Now, when you're a veteran, no, 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 no. He's trying to play that, thinking that veteran, I know he's. I know thinking his veteran card trumps police card, right? Like, like there's a mutual respect. Just because he's a veteran, he should be able to get away with more stuff, right? You know, like, hey, I'm a veteran. You're a lowly cop. You got to respect that. Not understanding you're the veteran too. There's a ton of veterans, man. Like, that's like, what I'm saying. I would, like, I would say you should assume that you're dealing with a veteran. And I know that's not true. On the force? Yeah, it's probably 20%, you know? Oh, I figured it'd be more than that. No. I think our academy had, I don't know, it was 11 or 12 out of 48 or 53. Were oh, really? Yeah. I, w- I would say that it's probably 20% per academy, and you got to figure two or three of them won't make it through FTO. So you probably, every academy, put roughly four or five vets out on the street. Yeah, that makes sense, though. Yeah. And it doesn't matter to you. Crime's crime. Yeah, yeah. No, I I find veterans to be far more annoying than most people. Just because they that, that being a veteran is supposed to be their sob story. It's their, their does trump, it, trump card. Does it get somebody off? No, with me it gets them in more with trouble. Other, well, with other cops. <laughs> yeah. With, with, no. Will, will other cops be like, you know. I don't. I don't know. I mean, a speeding ticket. I think. I, I think there are some cops that are probably a lot more attached to the, their military experience than I am. Right. Um, maybe because it's fresher for them. Like some people come straight out of the army and go straight in there. Right. Uh, or you know whatever service they were in. But like for me, I'm so far removed from it now, and I try to treat my military experience as just like a small blip in my life that I can pull you know from. Yeah. And it's not this like like most people that are totally overshadowed by it. And they they go throughout life feeling like nothing will ever compare to what they did when they were eighteen, 
because they can't they just can't pull themselves away oh from yeah because and, and i would say that i would say that's the majority of veterans which makes that's what makes it the most annoying for me is it's like dude we you know we, we did a thing for four years you're 35 there's been a lot more years in between there to get some other stuff done but they can't because they're so focused on that are they are they pretty old or are these younger guys my age <clears throat> i would say the the worst ones i've run into have normally been my age okay so mid-30s yeah because i because that, that i mean we we've talked about it on there but i, I think the transition b- between football player and like not playing football organized at all yeah was difficult because you defined yourself as that yeah now I'm, I'm a football player who you know whatever goes to college whatever and then you but I think by the time you get to your, I would say by the time you get to your early 30s, at the very latest, but at least mid-30s for sure, you should you should start having that mentality that, like, football player was just a part of who I was. Like, yeah. this is the whole, and football player, like, veteran, same thing. Yeah. Veteran was just a part of who I am, you know, and, and, you know, it may be a big chunk of my life, but there's more to it than that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. I think. I think that's what. I think that's part of the problem you have with all the veteran suicides. I think. I think it kind of draws from that. Well, and I think that's a lot of. I think like Junior Say on those guys. Yeah. Like they they want to talk CTE. But I, I personally, I think someone like Junior Say and this is just my opinion. Now, now CTE may have. Um, it could exacerbate. Been a cat- yeah, exacerbate yeah. or or, or uh, magnify it. But I, but you gotta understand, Junior Seau, since he was 15 years old, was getting all the attention he wanted. Yeah. Because in high school he was highly recruited. Then he goes to college and he's a stud. Then he was a stud in the NFL. And so you get out and you get kids who don't know who you are. You know, people aren't asking you. You know, whatever. And and just, I mean, he 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 retired and came back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which which kind of shows a. a I, I, like I said, I've experienced that being a football player, no longer being a football player transition. It was easy in college. You know, my social life was dictated by the fact that I was just a football player. I could walk in anywhere and be recognized and, and you know, had friends or whatever just for that. And then once you leave and you go into the real world, no, like, no one cares that you play football. Like, it may be some interesting conversations, but it doesn't. If you miss a deadline or you mess something up at work, they're going to get on to you and call you an idiot and whatever, you know. So yeah. I just think it's – I think I think the veteran thing, same thing. Yeah. I think, you know, if you're a veteran, you walk in, people give you the – which uh, – and not not saying you shouldn't be appreciated for being a veteran, but I just think you get it a lot and then it kind of goes away. The other thing is the camaraderie. I mean, it's just a different – different companionship or different friendships when you're in the military versus when you get out and you're not going on TDYs all the time or being stationed, you know, for years at a time with people and all that, that, you know, some people just don't know how to adapt to that in the the real world. Yeah. There's, there's not a lot of camaraderie that compares to what you have whenever you're in the military. Yeah. That, that, that is one thing I miss is, is having, you know, those types of guys around. Yeah, and that, some, that, some some actual rider dies. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the same thing with football. I mean, you spend four years with you know yeah. waking up early, working out with guys, but long bus trips or or whatever, and then you get a job and you're not hanging out in the dorm room anymore, and, and yep. it just changes. It changes. I think that's what a lot of people miss. It's just sometimes you just got to realize, like, 
that's how life is. Yeah. You, like it moves on. Yeah. You got to you, you learn to, it's almost like put, you put that in a bank. Like it has its value. It's going to keep gaining value, but it's not the only thing you're putting in the bank. There's going to be that, other things you deposit. What's that movie where Jamie Foxx is like that crusty old veteran who just like keeps going to Iraq and is a jarhead? <sighs> Jamie Foxx? Jamie Foxx. Well, there. I mean, he was in Jarhead, but I think yeah. you're thinking of the Hurt Locker, the I, the EOD guy that's diffusing all the bombs and he just keeps. No, going. no, no. Okay. So Jamie Foxx is the is the old veteran. Like, I think it's him. And and like well, he was in Jar. He was in Jarhead. Yeah, they all get out. So like all the all the young guys get out after their four six years or whatever. Yeah. But then Jamie Foxx is like. In year t- fifteen, and he's still going back to Iraq. Oh, and yeah, you know, maybe it's been a while since I saw that yeah. movie. Hmm. No, yeah. Jamie Foxx, man. Now he's on that stupid singing show. I know. Yeah. Grok still hadn't got kicked off yet. <laughs> he's annoyed, man. That dude's a goober. He's a goober, but like, he's he I, still hasn't been kicked off. Yeah. Little Wayne got kicked off, and then because uh, it's always on Twitter. Once they reveal somebody, Twitter like blows up for an hour. So the, once they're revealed, they're still in the show. I thought you were only revealed if you got kicked off. Yeah. Okay. No, that's what I'm saying. So they get kicked off. Yeah. So you you're you're dressed up in a costume, and yeah. then they and do they guess random? It, like, there's no rhyme or reason to who it is. It's just someone famous. Yeah, because their voices are like yeah. they change them when they talk. Yeah. Now when they sing. It's all pre-recorded, man. They're not yeah. singing through those costumes. That's so stupid. You don't think so? No. Dude, there was one where the lady's like holding it next to her head cuz she can't get her arm around her mouth. So it's like right <laughs> here the whole time in that stupid costume. But I think it's them singing though. Yeah, Even if it, it's I, I, I think it's them singing, but I think it's pre-recorded. So so, so yeah. they're always going to sound good ish. Well, I'll tell you this, Drew Carey was terrible. Yeah. I didn't hear uh, what's his name, but Gronk is is obviously Gronk. Like everyone in their mom knows it's Gronk. Yeah. And uh which one is he? He's the uh white tiger. Okay. So Lil Wayne was the robot and Drew Carey was the llama. Yeah. And they were terrible. But like some of them are like one dude was great. Like one dude like professional singer and they're like, Oh, that's Joey McIntyre from the new I'm like, Whoa, professional singers can do this? Yeah. So it's kinda like eh. Yeah. Well and one like hardly any of these people are actually Celebrity celebrities. They're all kind of B listers. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're definitely washed well, washed up or, or or if if they're a musician, they're definitely past their, their prime. Yeah, for sure. You know, Gronk's obviously kind of the Gronk Gronk just wants to be on everything. That dude is yeah. a dork. Yeah. I think I think he'd be fun to hang out like with. Like his like his lip sync battle was the worst thing I've ever seen on television. Yeah. Yeah. But the, you can tell that he thinks he's good at it. Those lip sync battles, man. They were horrible. That show was horrible. Yeah, what should, where, where'd they get that from? Jimmy Fallon? Jimmy Fallon. He produced the show, too, I think. See, it was great on Fallon. Yeah. Like, when you when he had his guests do it. Mm-hmm. But, but making it a show just wasn't. Of course, Tegan always gets on my nerves anytime I see her. But, anyway, where are we at? We had an hour? Oh, we're well over an hour. Oh, dang. Sweet, man. Hour and f- they get an extra four minutes this week. There you go, guys. For free, too. Yeah. No anyway, good. check out Taco Casa if you're in Norman. Uh, also, not sure if Jeff will be here next week or not. He's, like I said, he's supposed to have a kid on Valentine's Day. Uh, his second. 
Yeah. So that's five days away. So I can't tell if his wife has given uh, birth to babies or excuses. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely asked her permission. Yeah. Let's just let's just say that he didn't get the her permission to come tonight. No, so he didn't get a hall pass. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll pick it up next week. Thank you guys. We're out.